Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Hi, guys. We're here. We are packed in here like it's a clown car. <laughs> We've got people who are just spectating. We ask people in from off the road. We're just, yeah. come on. We're going to talk about wisdom. I don't know who that lady is in the corner, but it's Evelyn. probably fine. Yeah. Evelyn. Yeah, oh, okay. she's, hello. <laughs> Bree, Sam, say hello to our friends out there. Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. And Bill and Brittany. Hello. Hi. And then, like we said, we just, I mean, there's like 19 other people in this room, and it's like a 200-square-foot room. So. Yeah, just keep the energy up. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, no, actually, we just got to have lunch together as most of our staff. Um, we have some staff that are not here, although Joanne was just with us, which was awesome. Yeah, that was so fun to have her in town. And we've had people in office. Uh, we got to see Delphine Fanfon. Soon we're going to get to see... All kinds of people, which we love. We love our office. It's such a fun environment. Speaking of Bree, <laughs> it's Bree's one-year anniversary working Whoa. for True Face. <laughs> thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Uh, crazy. If you've ever needed something from us in the past year, you've probably interacted with Bree and therefore know how awesome she is. And also remember that you had a better experience than when you interacted with me. So <laughs> you're just thankful. <laughs> Brittany, tell everyone what we did. For Bree's uh, yeah. one year. Well, we. <laughs> uh, Bree is wonderful and she loves black and skulls, but also peonies and that's donuts. A that's a, that's a, like a pink, you know. beautiful flower that looks like it's made out of tissue paper. Uh, so we covered a desk in a black tablecloth and we found a font that has skulls in it. What? <laughs> that exists. and made a giant sign. But then we covered everything in bright pink flowers and donuts. So, you know, it was all things Brie. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was the best. I was so surprised. And it was, uh, I just felt so loved and so known. And it was just so sweet. I loved it. And she had not known that it was no. her one year. So that was more How fun. How did I not know these things? Wow. So cool. So we're still uh, in this super fun series in Proverbs where we're applying... Are um, oh, I don't even know if you'd call it under understanding. We're just kind of talking. Um, but what does grace look like, and what does it look like when you apply it in Old Testament, and and the, actually have a ton of application to our life right now? Mm-hmm. So we're jumping in, and we're talking about the wise. And Sam, why don't you go ahead and read chapter one, verse five and six for us? Proverbs one, verse five through six. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Wow, that's got a lot in there. Um, We were just talking right before this. We all had lunch. This is how we are doing this podcast. We have lunch and talk through verses and characters and, and talk about how it actually applies to our lives. And I was so I was so struck by that. This is really relational that to actually grow in, in wisdom and understanding is you have to obtain guidance. That means from other people. That means asking advice. That means um, actually taking what they hear and applying it. it. I love that verse five, let the wise hear and increase in learning, which to me says that you actually apply it. You don't just hear it and, and think about it and then toss it away, but that you actually do something with it. You act on it. Mm. Um, but that's so much messier than just reading wisdom or or reading books or what uh, trying to think about it yourself and figure it out it's so much messier to deal with other people um and and figure out whether or not they should be someone that you're listening to i was thinking about that especially with um 
it applies to my life with being a parent of a young child and just the plethora of <laughs> advice Great that is word. given. Yeah, good. Thank you. Good use of plethora. Thank you. To, to me from everyone, from grandparents to people in line at grocery stores to strangers on the internet. There's just so much advice and it's all contradictory. <laughs> um, More radishes for him. <laughs> didn't listen to that one. Um, just the, the you have to have prudence and wisdom in knowing what advice to take and where to take it from. Um, and I think that's a, a difficult thing to do. Yeah, because you need wisdom to be able to know which wisdom is wise. Mm-hmm. And that feels like, oof, how yeah. do we get there? What does that even mean, Bill? Let <laughs> <laughs> those who have understanding obtain guidance. Yeah. Here? Yeah, it's... It, it, I'm loving this, by the way. And and as we go through this, I'm thinking, huh, what what if, because of what we have always been teaching, what if this were true? What if the wise are those who know that unless they trust truth, they can't apply it? What if they knew that? And And what if we knew then that who would I trust with wisdom for my little... Matthew, who would I trust with that? I, I would learn to trust those that are trusting others. Interesting. Three, speaking of trust, you came up with an example of something that you said was kind of silly, and then we all said that's like the opposite. That's profound and wise and simple application of truth. So, You know, actually, Bree, would you mind reading a passage that we were talking about in connection with this was... Uh, Proverbs 9, 8 through 9. Um, could you just read that first? Because I, th- I thought it applied so well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Proverbs 9, 8 through 9. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. Oh, that one's not an easy one. But, um, yeah, well, I have a sweet friend who I love more than anything, and she's one of my best friends. And... Um, there was a moment where she so kindly called me out on um, if I cancel a plan or don't text back and how I affect her in that way of um, she doesn't receive love when I do that. <laughs> when I cancel a plan, doesn't make her feel valued or important or known or that her friendship is not as important to me. Um, and I had no idea. For me, it was just, gosh, I just don't want to. I just don't want to go do that right now. But for her was, no, she chose not to want to spend time with me, to love me in that way. And that was not fun to hear that how I affected her and how she receives Mm. my actions and what I do. And um, that was not fun to hear, but it's sweet to now be able to see of, okay, I can commit to my plans and how I can love her in that of keeping my word or responding or, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's really cool that, in within that story, it was because she loved you. For it, sure. it wasn't For because sure. she was trying to hurt you mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. criticize you, or it was because she loved you and, and wanted to be able to receive your love, yeah. which I feel like I so often don't think about reproof in that mm-hmm. way. I, I, I forget that that is when it comes out of love and, yeah. and to be able to experience more love. Yeah, it's like standing up for, I need you to love me. And I want you to love me, and I am going to give you the opportunity to give you this wonderful thing that is between friends who love each other. And so to be able to, quote-unquote, reprove someone gives them the opportunity for love to be exchanged where it's not. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. 
And we yeah. were talking about the difference between criticism and, and how reproof is so different. But I loved mm. what you were sharing about that. I, I think we were talking about the uh, fact that when when I am aware of something in you and you're somebody I love, then then my motive is your best. Criticism is often, I, I heard this years and years ago, criticism is a greater commentary on the critic than it was the one being criticized. Ooh. Because criticism has the motive to hurt. Reprove has the motive to love. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that's, that's if I can just know that, then I'll have this little checkpoint in my heart. And, and further on, we learn about the wise learning not to say too many words. <laughs> but, but David, I thought earlier today, you, you had something I thought was really significant when it said, give wisdom to a wise man, he'll still be wiser. Can, can you kind of repeat some of that for us? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about how when I have experienced people who say they are wise or who other people say are wise, um, one of the things that I've experienced is people who therefore do not believe they can ever be wrong. And when you, uh, when it's not proven out or when you don't take their advice or whatever, things get testy <laughs> or somehow you're not good enough or you're, it's uh, the measure of somewhat your worth is if you will receive what they say, which I would call something more akin to control than wisdom. Uh, but a wise person, truly wise person, is someone who has such a heart to and hunger to know where they're wrong, but not just wrong, to know like what other people's perspective are, how they're affecting people in relationship, in community, how different perspectives see something, and that opens you up to the body of Christ in the sense that different strengths see things and the same truth from different vistas, be it from mercy or justice. And neither may be wrong, but they give you a fuller picture of the inclusiveness of truth that we so often get kind of taped down to our own sense of rightness. And there is more rightness to love than we often can have on our own and maybe ever um, and so a wise person is wanting the other perspective. They're wanting understanding. They're wanting to make sure that they're applying the truth that they have within them to the heart of the person for their benefit. Mm-hmm. So they're not fixing. They're maybe facilitating and also saying to themselves, like, I could just be straight wrong. Mm-hmm. And that would be good to know so that mm-hmm. I don't keep harming people. Mm-hmm. Amen, David. And and. To be able to say I could be wrong is wisdom. Yeah. That that itself is wisdom. Just one more thought on that verse, Brittany, and that it says, Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Um <clears throat> I think it's so interesting. I think we intuitively have this sense that when somebody is really reproving us, it gives us a response to them of appreciation or response to them of affirmation. And both of those are love words. So I just kind of wrote this down. I said, love is the response to trusted guidance. And and, and for me, uh, I keep asking myself over many years, who do I trust to love me? And magically, uh, those I've trusted to love me are those who have been my greatest guides. Mm. 
Amazing. Yeah, we were talking about also how it's so interesting that the same people can tell you the exact same thing and you just don't <laughs> you don't hear them. Bree and I had uh, probably months ago had that conversation of that we might be able to tell each other things and hear it, but our mothers could tell us the exact. <laughs> we love our mothers; they are wise and wonderful women, and yet for some reason, just in one ear, not the other. Do, do you have an example of something that maybe <laughs> maybe your mother oh, taught you that you just didn't quite hear as wisdom? Mary Ellen, if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, I'm sorry again. Um, <laughs> this ridiculous story of I was explaining to my mom that I finally understood how you're supposed to put a flat sheet on a bed because there's like a nice side and a not nice side, supposedly. Um, and you're supposed to put the nice side face down. And I always thought that was so stupid as a child because, you know, you want to display the nice side. And I, I just never understood. And then one day someone explained to me that it's because then when you're sleeping, you're between the two nice sides of the sheet. Well, I went to tell my mother this and she was not holding anything or I swear she would have thrown something because she said <laughs> I have told you that your whole life and I still do not remember her explaining that to me but it just just what a silly example but of things that apparently I was told that my whole life but then an outsider that I what trusted for betting advice <laughs> I don't know <laughs> told me and then I could finally hear the truth of the flat sheet um, and apparently this is not well known so now you're welcome everyone for explaining why you put your sheets on your bed a certain way. And if you came for the truth of the flat sheet today, then <laughs> you did not walk away disappointed. No, we wanted to make sure those flat sheeters um, came and were a fulfilled. Whole contingent. Some of them are in here. Evelyn, out there. <laughs> Who knew the sheet? depth of our wisdom? Yeah. <laughs> not one of us, apparently. Okay. <laughs> we will see you next week, still talking about Proverbs, uh, on the Treeface Podcast. <laughs>